From Washington, I'm David Schultz, and this is Talking Tax. Do you know who your landlord is? You may not, but that could change depending on what Kathy Hochul does in the coming weeks. There's a bill right now on the desk of the Democratic governor of New York called the LLC Transparency Act that would require most LLCs in the Empire State to disclose their beneficial owners. It's modeled off of a similar piece of federal legislation that Congress passed in early 2021. But the New York law goes further in that it would provide LLC information not just to law enforcement and other government agencies, but to the general public. Hochul has until the end of the year to decide whether to sign or veto the bill, and her office says she's still, quote, reviewing the legislation. Today, we have two perspectives on this issue and the tax implications. In a bit, we'll hear from a business advocate who says it's a serious violation of the privacy of small entrepreneurs. But first, we speak to Brad Hoyleman Siegel, a Democratic New York state senator from Manhattan and one of the sponsors of the bill. He spoke to Bloomberg Tax and Accounting correspondent Danielle Moyo-Dunn about what he would be willing to compromise on to get this bill into law and how he got it to the governor's desk after several failed attempts. LLC's limited liability companies have been a source of consternation for years in Albany. Initially, that was due to the fact that LLCs were used and were permitted under New York State's campaign finance laws to contribute directly to candidates for office. So there was a provision in our campaign finance law that we called the LLC loophole, which allowed these companies to, in effect, contribute unlimited amounts to candidates because LLCs could be strung together. One person could control them. One group of people could control multiple LLCs and then contribute to candidates, in effect, subverting campaign expenditure limits. When the Democrats took the majority in the Senate, one of the first things we did was pass campaign finance reforms, including closing this LLC loophole and, in effect, barring individuals from controlling multiple LLCs and using them to subvert our campaign expenditure laws. Um, So that was the first kind of brush with LLCs. But the anonymity of them has always been a problem for colleagues and, and me. And that was manifest in recent years by the ownership of high-end New York City real estate that was owned by anonymous LLCs and the need for government to understand the ownership so they could both properly uh, account for these apartments um, in some of the highest end parts of Manhattan, including Billionaire's Row. And it really pointed to the need to have an understanding of who the beneficial owners are uh, behind these shell companies. Interesting. And, And do you think the fact that the scope of the issue you know, kind of expanded beyond campaign finance. Did that? Do you think that played a role in allowing this bill to finally, 
get enough support in the legislature compared to previous efforts to pass yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. And I think there was a, a constellation of advocacy groups that were pushing for this legislation, including groups representing tenants in New York City who are often frustrated that they don't know who their landlord is. And then government watchdog groups made a bigger push in recent uh, months and years to advocate for this legislation. But I think the biggest change was really the Democratic control of the Senate in 2019, which set up passage for this in this year's session. Yeah, it can be it can be hard to for people to grasp that. I remember my first apartment in Manhattan. Um, it was an LLC, and I sent a check to a PO box, and uh-huh. that's very common, you know. And and yes. it's, yeah, it's it. This... One of my first rental apartments, we sent a check to something called PIC LLC. No idea who or what that entity or those individuals were. It's hard to deal with an anonymous landlord. Part of the problem has been uh, there's so much real estate in New York that is owned by LLCs. A government watchdog group reported uh, recently that over a third of Manhattan real estate is owned anonymously through limited liability companies, which is five times the national average purchasers of two of the most expensive real estate deals of the year in 2023 were shielded by anonymous LLC. So this this bill has a lot of, just to sort of go over it, a lot of support. I know State Comptroller Thomas DiNapoli and Attorney General uh-huh. Tish James. Do you think the wide amount of support will have any influence on the governor's decision on whether to sign this? How are you feeling at this point about, you know, the potential for this to become law? Well, The Treasury Secretary herself, Janet Yellen, um, was quoted in the last couple of years saying that the best place to hide and launder ill-gotten gains is the United States. And she specifically noted that corrupt actors can hide their money in Central Park skyscrapers the same way they do in shell companies and she acknowledged that an LLC can be listed as the owner. I I think there are a lot of influential, important and um, well-versed experts on this topic, particularly in the area of law enforcement that I'm sure would give the governor pause if she was intending to veto the bill. And so On that point, this bill has a lot of similarity with the Federal Corporate Transparency Act. There are some key differences, you know, that that federal act will apply to a larger swath of businesses that have to disclose um, their beneficial ownership. But the difference um, with New York is that this bill would create a public searchable database of the beneficial owners of LLCs, while the federal act... Um, It may apply to a wider swath of businesses, but it'll only be accessible by government and law enforcement. So the reason I I bring that up is to ask, you know, it seems like the public database aspect of it has earned the most pushback from opponents. I'm curious if you could talk about 
why you think the uh, public database is key to this, or if, if there would be room to negotiate there, should that become the main issue blocking this bill from being signed? We are open to negotiations about every component of the bill. I think the public database is important because we, as members of the public, should know who owns what in our city where appropriate. There is a privacy provision in the bill, and beneficial owners can seek that exception. But, for example, tenants who are unknowledgeable about their landlord could use this database, reporters, (laughs) public officials. I think it's fundamental to know who owns what. I think it makes for better policies, the sunlight, if you will, um, to shine on these LLCs is an important benefit of this bill because I think we then consider other public policies uh, as a result of understanding in the broadest way possible who owns what in our community. So I'm open to negotiations about the extent of privacy that's that might be required by some purchasers of real estate, for example, but I'm not supportive of eliminating it entirely. And so just to close here, you know, New York would be, if this were to come, become law, would be the first state to have a public searchable database of LLC beneficial owners. What impact, if any, do you think this could have for other states? You know, um, do you think this could encourage other states to try and have more transparent laws towards LLCs? I hope so, because I think corporate transparency is going to be a positive development. You know, there are exceptions, again, for privacy, but overall, we cannot manage what we don't measure. And by allowing policymakers, the public and the press to have this information, I think will lead to to better laws that protect employees from wage theft, tenants from bad landlords, our taxpayers from being ripped off by individuals and companies that aren't paying their fair share of taxes. I think it suggests that you, as a corporate entity, have a responsibility to the public. That was New York State Senator Brad Hoyleman Siegel speaking with Danielle Moyo-Dunn. Now we hear from an opponent of the bill, and specifically from Chelsea Lemon. She's the Director of Government Affairs for the Business Council of New York. Lemon talked about why she thinks this bill is not only harmful but unnecessary, and she confirmed to Danielle that, yes, the public database is her biggest sticking point. We think that that will jeopardize the safety of small businesses and all businesses. We think it's going to deter business from doing you know, business in New York, but ultimately it's going to cost the state and small businesses millions. Tell me about that. Why Why is there a cost to this? Yeah, well, of course, there's a cost to the database. Uh, it has to be maintained by the Department of State. So, you know, they'll have to go out and buy the software to, to keep that. 
information um, and it will be public and something that will have to continually be updated. But there's certainly a cost to that within the millions. Uh, and then small businesses are going to face costs no matter what. I think whether you look at the LLC Transparency Act or the federal law that it's modeled after, the Corporate Transparency Act, there's a cost to small business. Small businesses in New York, there's about 100,000 small businesses that are formed as LLCs in New York. And so this primarily targets them. And these are businesses that have, you know, 100 employees or less. And most small businesses in New York actually have 20 employees or less. So they're really going to feel the impact with the public database. Their information is public and it's out there. And and you mentioned privacy concerns. Are there other privacy concerns that come with having this information publicly available? Yeah, you know, I think this day and age, uh, everything is very politically decisive. And I think, um, you know, kind of if you look back towards COVID, you know, there were certain businesses that had signs that said, you know, a mask is required to enter or on the opposite side, but like no mask allowed. Um, and I think people kind of, you know, decided based off that, you know, where you stood politically. But with this database, say, you know, I, Chelsea Lemon, own Java Coffee Shop LLC, and I live in a predominantly blue area. Um, say my LLC donates money to, I don't know, Lee Zeldin. If someone saw that and they traced it back to, you know, the campaign contribution reports, you know, what's to stop someone from posting that information on social media within my small community and building a base to say, like, let's boycott this business. She doesn't belong in our community. She doesn't align with our values. What happens to my business? My business, you know, if it doesn't have customers, it's going to shut down. Hmm. And how would you, you know, something that um, proponents mention a lot with this legislation and the need for public disclosure is, the fact that LLCs, they can be abused, right? They can be abused for money laundering. Another example that's often given that's very uh, relevant to New York City is the fact that many times people don't know who their landlord is. And if their apartment is in disarray, it's very difficult for them to hold somebody accountable. So do you think there are examples where public disclosure is warranted? I think that the purpose of both the Corporate Transparency Act and the LLC Transparency Act is to stop those illicit activities. So, for example, with the Corporate Transparency Act, you know, any entity that is formed or registered to do business in the United States has to either submit their beneficial owner information or, you know, if they already provide those documents, there's certain um, exemptions. And with the LLC Transparency Act, you have the same thing, except it's just specific to LLCs where they have to submit this beneficial ownership information. I'm not disputing that Department of State should have this information, but with the Corporate Transparency Act, state and local agencies have access to this information. So the purpose there is to crack down on anti-money laundering, drug trafficking, illicit activities. Of course, that should be, you know, something that the federal government is able to do. But with the way that it's structured and the Corporate Transparency Act goes into effect in January of 2024, that information is available to state and local law enforcement. And if this bill were amended where it, it wasn't public, you know, maybe you were still 
submitting the same information both federally and to the state, but there wasn't this public database, would that be a more palatable solution or would there still be concerns with the bill? Our biggest concern is the public database. I think there's always cybersecurity concerns that you have, but these businesses are going to have to comply with the Corporate Transparency Act. You know, so I think in some ways, the entire bill has a certain um, redundancy to it. Uh, and ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, with the redundancy, I was speaking to a colleague the other day, and I was told that um, the Corporate Transparency Act, in order to comply with it, small businesses are going to be facing about $18 million in paperwork. Yeah, but I mean, it's the same paperwork you'd file to federally, right? I mean, because that's the way the bill was designed, is that you could kind of just at least, you know, you don't have to redo the whole submission to the state necessarily. That's true. But I think there's always a cost. So you you have to do that at the federal level, but then you still have to put in the time and effort to do that at the Department of State. And larger companies, of course, they have, you know, more resources available. We're talking about small businesses who continually face increased costs in New York, whether it be, you know, the cost of doing business or, you know, increased liability costs. Um, There is a component in the bill or sorry, a provision in the bill that allows LLCs to apply for a privacy exemption to, um, to, to not show up in the searchable database. I'm curious what you think of that. You know, it seems like that's aimed at sort of the, the concern you've mentioned here with the public aspect. Do you think that is something that, you know, clients could take advantage of that might, you know, make this less daunting from if, if public disclosure is the main concern? Again, there's a cost with that. You're going to have to spend the time and you're going to have to have a cost to to file for that exemption. Understood. I, I was curious, you know, something that another differentiation between the state bill and the federal bills, the state bill has a much lower penalty structure. It's um, $250 and you get a delinquent status with the state if you don't comply. You know, I've talked to some tax attorneys where they've said this may just be something where even if it goes through, many LLCs just take the penalty and, you know, it's it's fine with that. I'm I'm curious if you agree with that, if it's something that you could see businesses just not complying and taking the penalty or if there's sort of a downside to that delinquent status. You know, I think a $250 fine for a small business is a $250 fine. And also you've you've had the sponsors out there saying, well, you know, if businesses try to get around this, then we'll come back and we'll increase the penalties. That penalty ultimately falls on small businesses, legitimate law abiding businesses that want to be in New York. But why are we making it harder to be in New York? Is your sense the federal bill is strong enough to to get at the issues we were talking before, things like money laundering? Do, is is I guess my question is, do you support the federal legislation, but just not the state? Or do you see issues with the federal bill as well? You know, the federal bill is going into effect soon. Um, I think that there are very strict standards under the federal bill and businesses are going to have to comply with that. I don't know why we would duplicate efforts in New York and waste money to do that. 
when all of this information will be available to state and local agencies and law enforcement through the Corporate Transparency Act and through FinCEN. So, you know, as you know, Governor Kathy Hochul has until the end of the year to act on this legislation. What message would you give to her right now if she does tune in to our Talking Tax podcast as she considers what to do on this legislation? Yeah, I, you know, considering the impact of small business and how we want to open New York to business. You know, just recently, the Business Council released a report on the state of the finance industry and its impact in New York. And one of our key findings was that our business climate makes it really hard for financial services to stay in New York. And I think that that applies to all businesses. Um, You know, New York was ranked as, you know, a business tax climate by the, the tax foundation. They ranked us at 49. Like, that's not where we want to be. We want to be welcoming businesses in New York. And this this bill uh, does not send that message. This bill says, you know, maybe we don't want your business. That was Chelsea Lemon with the Business Council of New York. Before that, you heard State Senator Brad Hoyleman Siegel. They spoke with Bloomberg Tax and Accounting's Danielle Moyo-Dunn. And that's it for today's podcast. You can find up-to-the-minute news and latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. Today's Talking Tax is produced by myself, David Schultz. Naomi Jagoda is our editor. From Washington, I'm David Schultz. Thanks for listening. In a global tax landscape that changes by the day, it's what you don't know that can leave you exposed. At Bloomberg Tax, we provide market-leading intelligence and practical applications to help tax professionals work smarter, faster, and more accurately. Our solutions provide the insights you need for game-changing outcomes. To revolutionize your performance in real time, the difference is Bloomberg Tax. Learn more at pro.bloombergtax.com.